You have humbled yourself, and so I will exalt you over all of creation. All of creation will look up and worship you with all they've got. Amen. Well, it's great to be here with you. It's great to be worshiping in this Christmas season with you, to have us all rally together here, joining online as well. Man, may we make much of Jesus Christ. As we take time walking into this season, it is a big deal for us to capture the perspective, to make sure we have the right view as we get into it. As you heard Nathan saying a little earlier, it gets so easy to just get in a rhythm to just start walking through the daily pieces of Christmas, maybe how we've always done it in quotes, and we lose track of a worship perspective. So our battle cry in this series that we're in is, do you see what I see? Do you see what I see? We're taking a perspective look each week, a different perspective. Last week, we were looking from Mary's perspective. She has this little one in her womb, And she's like, do you see the king of the universe that I see coming? Do you see the one who is going to rule over all? This little one ruling over it all. Today, we're going to actually jump into the apostle Paul and see his perspective of Jesus. And it's actually the exact opposite. He's like, do you see this massive God of the universe who stepped in and clothed himself with flesh? becoming a humble little one. It's the exact opposite direction. She's looking at the little, seeing the big. He's looking at the big in awe that he stepped down humbly. So turn with me, if you will, to Philippians chapter two, starting in verse five. Philippians chapter two, starting in verse five, as we get going today on a perspective from the apostle Paul, as he talks about Jesus, the word who became flesh. We'll start out here, point number one have the same mindset as Jesus, our amazing and humble God. Have the same mindset as Jesus, our amazing and humble God. So as we start out here, verse five, he says, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Let's just hold right there. So if we're gonna understand any passage, always get the context, right? Context, context, context. So as we jump into Philippians chapter two, verse five, we have to know what he's talking about. He actually started in verse one and he said, if there is any encouragement in Christ, If there's any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, he's like, look, if you're saved at all, if you know who this God is and he's rocked your world, then here's some thoughts for you. And he starts to talk about unity and love and having the mind of Christ. He's like, if you're saved, then let's go after it. He says, complete my joy, as he starts verse five, complete my joy. I love that statement. This is a pastor's heart, right? He's like, listen, man, I've helped plant the church. I've helped grow the church. I would love to be, it would thrill me to no end. My joy would be lit up if, right? That's what he's saying. Complete my joy. Church, be on fire for this. Paul's call out as a pastor, complete my joy by being of the same mind and having the same love. Having the same mind as Jesus, the same love as Jesus. Everybody say, as Jesus. 
He's like, make sure you're mirroring who Jesus Christ is as you walk in this world. Same mind, same love. May he truly get all the glory. And there is no greater statement for Christmas than that. That in this season, we would celebrate all that Jesus is and all that he has. He says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. He's like, here's the mind of Christ. And being saved, you're gonna have the mind of Christ and the Holy Spirit power working in you. This is the thinking. This is what God's gonna be doing in your life, shaping and changing you. So allow God to do a power work. Have this mind in you, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Notice he's not saying, muscle this up. Make this work. Give a lot of effort to it. See if you can come close to something like this. Everybody say, not that. He's like, listen, this is Christ at work in you. This is God doing a miracle changing work in your soul. Let the spirit change you as you worship your God. Watch his glory pouring on change you one degree of glory at a time into exactly who he is. Here is the mind of Christ. Here is what it looks like for you to have his glory transforming you. He says, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Jesus is God. Everybody just say, Jesus is God. I agree with you, right? Jesus is God. John chapter one, it says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Jesus is God almighty. He is absolutely that. And it says, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. That word grasped there means to be clung to and held to. He's basically saying, Jesus didn't say, I'm not going down there. Listen, do you know who I am? Like, do you understand my authority? I'm not going to do that. Not that. Everybody say, not that. Look, he didn't do that. He didn't grasp onto all of his power, all of his authority, and all of his position and say, I refuse to humble myself. I refuse to be a part of this. He didn't do that. Instead, he willingly humbles himself. He willingly steps into this world. He willingly takes on the clothing of humanity and walks with us for a season, that is our hope. God with us, God ends up providing for us as he dies on the cross and rises again. This is our hope, Savior come. Praise be to God. He said he doesn't count this equality with God a thing to be grasped. And in this Christmas season, this is what we're celebrating that he didn't grasp onto and hold onto. I am God Almighty. Don't ask me to go down there. But instead he said, I humble myself and I step in amongst my creation. I am willing and I am coming. That love, that humility, may that mind be ever transforming us. And all of God's people said, he said, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, taking the form of human, putting on the clothing of the very creation he made. 
He emptied himself and he took on the form of a servant. Now, I'm just going to tell you this phrase, emptied, there's a lot of talk about it. And we got to be careful with it, all right? So we're going to talk a little bit about it today. We're going to take a little bit of time to dive into it, all right? So here we go. You may want to need... You may need to do this a little bit with your neck. Just kind of roll your head around. Get ready. We're going to do a little heavy thinking. All right. Here we go. You ready? Yep. Not even convincing at all. <laughs> are, you, are you ready? Yep. All right. Here we go. We're going to dive into a little bit of what he means by saying emptied. It says he emptied himself. Notice it does not say what he emptied himself of. Everybody say it doesn't say that. It doesn't say what he emptied himself of. So we're going to have to reason through it a little bit, okay? And there are a lot of different positions on this, and a lot of them are wrong. And we got to be super careful with it, all right? So when it says he emptied himself, there's a few things that people say it's, that it is, and, it, and it's not it, all right? So everybody say not. It is not this. He did not all of a sudden give up being God. He didn't give up divinity. He did not empty himself of being God. Jesus is God. Everybody get that? He did not give up being God. Not that. Everybody say, not that. We just got to keep saying that over and over so you don't go away misquoting what we said here, right? Not that. He did not give up being God. Here's another thing he did not give up. He did not give up the attributes or the character of God. Did not give that up. He is absolutely 100% God Almighty in attribute and character. He can do all. He knows all. He has all of this given to him. And he is 100% God Almighty. Never gave it up. That's the fact. You might be like, well, that's great, Tim. Do you have a proof of that? Colossians chapter 2, verse 9. You may want to write it down. Colossians 2, verse 9. It says, in Christ... All the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. Let that settle. In Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives. The fullness of the deity, all that God is within Christ. He is absolutely 100% God. He is 100% God Almighty in character and in attribute and in ability. He is God, fully God. Everybody say fully God. So we're clear on that, right? Emptied himself does not mean he gave up his Godhead at all, period. So then what does it mean? Well, maybe the best way we can talk about it is this. If he's going to be emptying, let's talk about first what he took on. He clothed himself with humanity. He took on a form of his creation. So that means for the first time in his life as God Almighty, the first time in his existence... He is going to taste of exhaustion. This human body brings exhaustion. And all of God's people said. <laughs> and he tastes of that. Jesus will now experience tired. Jesus will experience hungry. Jesus will experience thirsty. He's going to experience the limitations that this body brings. But hear me, still God Almighty. How does that work? Think of it like this. Think of it as he's got the ability, but he's setting aside the privilege to exercise it. Ability he has, setting aside the privilege to exercise it. He absolutely could do anything, but he sets that aside and he depends upon the Father. That's what's happening. 
as he empties himself, maybe setting aside the privilege of using it and saying, okay, Father, I'll trust you in this and I'll allow this human flesh to limit me at times. That's what's going on. So we have fully God, fully man. We have exhausted, hungry, tired, walking along, and when he kicks a stone, it hurts his toe. That kind of real human being like you and me. I'm limping around a little bit myself. I ended up catching my toenail on the bottom of a chair. Have you ever done that? And it lifted it up. Thank you for feeling my pain <laughs> in this humanity. It's a couple of weeks back, it's doing better now. And, uh, but uh, I'm just telling you, we feel pain in this human form. And all of God's people said, and Christ did too. Fully human, and that's the limitation piece. It's not that he doesn't know all. It's not that he can't do all. It's not that all, but he sets some of that aside and trusts the father. So illustrate, think of it this way. So I had a lot of surgeries, you know, over the last 10 years, I had three brain surgeries going on. And at the end of each surgery, they would always say this, don't lift more, <clears throat> more than five pounds. I'm just telling you, there's not a lot of things that are less than five pounds. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, toothpaste. Like I, there's small things you can manage, but there's a lot you can't, right? And uh, we have a weight set down in our basement, do some lifting down there. So like say I go downstairs and there's like a 10 pound uh, dumbbell down there. And I'm like, well, I'm just gonna put it back on the rack. Not supposed to pick it up. Like I could easily pick it up and curl that as I'm walking over and set it down. Not, it's over five pounds. So instead I call Jana. Hey, baby, we have a 10-pound weight on the floor, and I'm not supposed to pick it up. Will you pick that up? And she picks up the 10 pounds and puts it there. I could have easily handled it. I have the ability. But I set aside that privilege for the moment. That is Christ in this world. He has massive ability. But he sets it aside, and he trusts on the Father, and he hangs on. Christ in this world. The God of the universe stepping down to be with you and me, clothing himself with this human form that limits along the way and willingly putting himself there. Paul is like, let's have that mind. Let's be a church that willingly limits ourselves, that willingly places ourselves humbly, lovingly in caring for other people. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, may we have the mind of Christ. May we recognize that he took a form of a servant, human flesh, limited in every way. But he is fully God and fully man. So we're just gonna say that one last time. Fully God, fully man. Don't miss it. Emptied himself only means he took on willing privilege set aside. May God get all the glory. Still has all the ability, okay? All right. That said, it says, and being found in human form, being in this world clothed with this human flesh, willingly setting aside that privilege, he humbled himself. And the Christmas message is a message of hope. The Christmas message is a message of humility. It's a message of sacrifice. It's a message of God with us. Praise be the King.
That's the message. As we see this little one and we see a family beginning to care for him, this is the God of the universe who loves you and is pouring it on for you in this Christmas season. May we celebrate him and remember him all, to, all the time. He says, by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross, the purpose in his coming was not just for that Christmas moment, wasn't just to blow Mary away with the greatness of God in her life. Yes, that happened. Wasn't just to be able to bless his family around him for those few years, but some 33 years later would go to the cross, would take on all sin of all time, fully God, paying the price for you and for me. This is our King, humbly serving along the way. By becoming obedient to the point of death, it says even death on a cross. Why does it say that? Because the most humiliating death you could die at that time was at the cross. The cross is where the lowest of low sinners went. The cross is where those who were to not be even spoken of, they were so filthy in their sin, wrong in who they were, the lowest of servant sinner. And Christ took that sacrifice on for you and for me. This is our king in this Christmas season. May we grasp he knew what he was taking on. He knew what he was setting down. And he loves you with all he's got. He's pouring it in with all he has. The Christmas message is the son of God setting aside privilege, not setting aside ability. Coming into this world to rock our world with a massive gift of love and forgiveness. This is an amazing gift. Awesome gift from top to bottom. Everybody just say, what a gift. Now that's our king. Paul seeing the vastness given up to step into this clothing along the way. You know, at Christmas, we give gifts, right? We love to give gifts to each other. We take time to wrap them up. We think through what they might like or want. We know that they would prefer warmer things or cooler things. They prefer the look or a color or whatever. And we, we get very specific to what they might want. And we give a gift that's needed for them that they like, right? And we love getting gifts. We love giving gifts. It's a blast of a time. Do this, right where you are, think of the best Christmas gift you ever received. Just take a little time. Best Christmas gift you've ever received. I'm not gonna ask you to shout it out loud. Just, just think best Christmas gift, okay? It can be a hard decision sometimes, right? You got it in your head? Okay. Jesus Christ, way bigger than that gift, right? And we lose sight of that sometimes. But I mean, the best Christmas gift I ever got, like, uh, I don't know, there's a million different gifts along the way, but there are meaningful ones, and especially in a time and a season. I remember uh, there was a gift I got, I was given a, a 410 shotgun. First shotgun when I was little, being invited to hunt with the guys now. I was going to be able to go squirrel hunting and pheasant hunting. Got this gift from my mom and dad. And uh, so they knew that I was getting the gun. Right? 
my mom and dad having a part in handing the gun over and my dad so excited to have me have this 410 and just remember his face as I'm opening this up and being able to go out pheasant hunting. I shot a number of pheasants and squirrels with that before being able to get up into deer hunting and just an awesome gift. I remember in high school when I was given uh, a, mo- a motorcycle. I'm not, I'm not advising that parents, <laughs> but I'm just saying it was awesome. And uh, it's a little 125, and it was just for riding around the town, and my parents gave that to me and, and uh, just gave a sweet little opportunity for me. My dad and I, it was a warm Christmas day, and so we got out there to light it up, couldn't quite get it started, and so he was helping me push start it. And I remember when we got it going, that thing lit, I went up on, it just fired up. I'm up on one wheel, he's falling down behind me as he's pushing, I'm like, let go, right? My dad holds on, let's go, he goes to the ground, I go across, I kill switch it, drop it down. I'm like, that was awesome. And he's like, not as awesome for me, you know, (laughs) but just uh, different Christmas gifts along the way where we can revel in them, remember them, where we can laugh and smile and appreciate. Man, may we do that in this Christmas season with all that Christ gives us and all of God's people said, forgiveness forever. Eternity with him. Him coming again as King of kings and Lord of lords to rule over all. This is the gift our King gives us. May we praise him and worship him along the journey. That's point number one as we celebrate our King. Point number two. Confess, confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. He starts out now in verse nine, he says, therefore. And when we see the word therefore, we say, yeah, what is the word therefore, therefore? What's his purpose, right? And so it's a connecting word. It's connecting us back. He's like, because he's so humble, because he's so great, because he is God Almighty, because he loves with all he's got, and he took on humble form, setting aside the privilege that is rightly due him, because he did all that, therefore... God has exalted him, the son of God, and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. God the father exalting God the son. You have humbled yourself and so I will exalt you over all of creation. All of creation will look up and worship you with all they've got. God exalted him, lifted him up above everything that Jesus created by his spoken word placing him above all. It says, and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. The name Jesus above every name. And please hear me, it's not because there's something magical in the syllables and the way that works out. It doesn't mean that the sound of the name Jesus is great. It means who we're talking about is unbelievable. Don't ever separate the greatness of Jesus away from Jesus. It is great because it is him who we are worshiping. The greatness of Jesus, yes, his name above every other name because he is creator God above all. And he gives an amazing, 
amazing gift to us along the way. And it's bestowed on him the name that is above every name because it refers to our king, our lamb, our peace, our hope, the one who made the manger his throne. This is our God. You know, Ephesians chapter one, verses 20 and 21 captures it real well. It says uh, that the father seated him at the God the Father's right hand in the heavenly places. Jesus seated at the Father's right hand, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. Jesus, his name is above every name. His position is above every position. All of good, all of evil, all of the created, absolutely under him. Jesus is over all. Everybody say, Jesus over all. Jesus over all, all, man. That is the response of the Father to Jesus humbling himself and putting him in this broken world, having privilege set aside. It says, so that, purpose statement, right? So that, why would God do it? He's lifting him up so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth. He is given the greatest name. He is put in the greatest position. He is treated as the greatest so that whenever his name is sounded out, whenever we are talking about him, every knee will bow. Every tongue confess. It says every knee will bow on heaven and on earth. Every knee. How many knees? Don't miss that. Satan and the demons will bow. Christ is over all. Absolute authority over all of good and all of evil. Tell me this, man, when we get to heaven, can you imagine when there's an announcement of the greatness of Jesus Christ and we are in his presence and there's no sin and no pain, no heartache and no sorrow, when we are seeing forever his glory, you bet I'm on my knee. Cannot wait to be worshiping and celebrating this king. Man, we will all be on our knees with a joyful smile, celebrating with all we've got. Our king has it in hand. And all of God's people said, amen, man. Huge. This is the Christmas hope, that he's taking it in hand one step at a time, and if you will, one baby step at a time. He's taking it in hand for you and for me. So he says that the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Know this, we will be bowing with joy on our face. There will be those who are standing against Jesus and for an eternity, they will be bowing with a grimace on their face, a resentment on their face. They don't want to be there, but they will admit that he's in charge. Christ over all, period says that the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Every tongue will admit you are Lord, you're in charge. Every tongue, how many tongues? Some admitting with absolute joy and absolute celebration, saved. And some admitting with absolute anger and resentment as they stand against, but they will bow to who he is. There will be a bowing and all will bow before the name of Jesus Christ. 
He is our King of Kings. He is our Lord of Lords. He is our hope of all hopes. He is peace in this world and peace forevermore. This is our God. May we worship him. May we praise him and celebrate him with all we've got. He says at the end, to the glory of God the Father. To the glory of God the Father. Ultimately, yes, glory to the Son. He is over all of creation. And all of that ultimately to God the Father who sits over all of it. His will, his plan, his power, his authority. God the Father getting the glory. God the Son being lifted up. Man, God will get his due. This world is trying to steal away from him at every press. Know this, God will get his due. For eternity, everything pointed to him. His glory lifted up. Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth. As the angels showed up, they declared at the beginning what will happen forevermore. Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth. That is our celebration, that we know the king, the king who set down what he rightly owned. He set down the privilege and said, I won't exercise those. And I'm going after trusting in the father along this journey, clothed with the limitations of humanity. Fully God, fully man. He loves you. He loves me and he's poured into this world a forgiveness that we have in no other way. May he get all the praise. Christmas, it's the message of miracle. Christmas, it's the message of humility. It's the message of hope. It's the message of peace. It's the message of glory forevermore. Everybody say forever. So come and behold him. Come and adore him. Emmanuel, God stepped down among us, God with us. Come in this Christmas season and adore him, the king. Word became flesh, God among us. And all of God's people said, Let's pray.